right. Good morning. There we go. Good morning. Good to see y'all. Great crowd for Father's Day. Um, you know, because come on, Dad, you're like, ah, I should go fishing, go to church, go on my boat, go to church. And so, like, real men, real dads are here. And, and you might be online. You might be watching online. We're glad to have you there as well. It's not the same as being here, but but uh, but maybe you're you you know you're like I'm watching this. I want to be there. I can't. Maybe it's a different time. You're, you're maybe you listen in the car. Uh, for this this service today, but we're we're glad here to celebrate Father's Day. Uh, we did it, dads. We accomplished a lot uh, today. But we want to just give you something, just a little appreciation. And so I commissioned the, the best bakers. Now I got to be careful what I just said there. The best bakers, some of our best bakers, because you're like I'm pretty good, you ladies. You know I know. But we have some bakers, some ladies in our small group that bake some homemade cookies. And so on the way out, guys, there's some cookies for you. They're just individually wrapped with, I think they taste really good. I haven't had one yet. They're baked with love, okay? A lot of love in those cookies. And chocolate and butter and flour and chocolate chips. Yeah, I get you. I, I am with you. But they, the combination is pretty amazing. It's stirred with love. So thank you for that, ladies, and happy Father's Day to us dads here today. And and I know, I, I know it, today is, is an interesting day. It's always an interesting day and how we feel about life and everything as we get into uh, as we talk a little bit about fathers today but we you just saw we're starting a new series called grace and grit today and uh how many know you know we need a lot of grace and just a little bit of grit to get through life you know god's grace we're going to unpack the parables of jesus that are filled with his grace but also call us to a little bit of grit grit is courage grit is this determination there's just something a, a spark in us that like man i can do this with a lot of grace and a little grit uh we're going to attempt that and, you know jesus and these parables that we're going to look at are just they're just he's just a master storyteller he's our savior he's our lord but it's a he's master what he communicates his truth and i think a lot of it has to do with, with the way he communicates helps us understand his kingdom. In fact, that's what he speaks about in each of these parables as we're going to be looking out throughout the summer about his kingdom, what his kingdom is about, his rule and reign in our, in our lives. And he does it in just a masterful way. I'm so excited about that. And I'm not going to be the only communicator. We actually have a variety of communicators this summer that will be sharing with you and the opportunity to do that. You know, we, we all need breaks. And so a variety of voices and a variety of things are happening. Even this last couple of weeks, I really appreciate uh, our, our team today, especially Dave and, and Darla have come and, and, and just as guests to, to help give our buddy Chris a break uh, in, in worship and to be able to do that. So we're providing a variety of ways this summer just to engage God and, and what he's doing. And one of the things that we're doing not only on Sundays, but what we have in your program every week, we actually have what is called a Doing Life Together Discussion. And many times it matches what we're talking on Sunday to the particular week. And so our small group this, throughout the year has used the Doing Life Together. And many of our small groups do that. And this summer, though, it's, it's downsized a little bit just to create more space for relationship. And so I want to encourage you to take it. The summer doing life is basically read the parable. What is Jesus saying about his kingdom? How does it apply to you? And how do we pray for one another? Really simple little outline, the same each week to do that but i encourage you with this is get outside get gather you know this this summer we have this beautiful beach that could have beach fires until the until there's a 
warning we can't do that some you know when the when the fire thing goes up we might not be able to but the next couple weeks let's let's find opportunities to gather maybe on the beach for a beach ride or inviting friends to be a part of it having a a, it could be a bible time as you you come together and invite other people just to to join you there's people in the room that would love to be there and be a part of it and include them Maybe it's your backyard, or maybe it's your patio, whatever it might be, to spend some time and staying in community. Now, it changes a little bit like our small group. We're not meeting every week, but we have certain times throughout the year. Uh, we, there's just different opportunities that we can get involved with in the summertime to do that. I encourage you to do that. But with Jesus and his kingdom, you know, with sharing in a parable, if, oh, if you don't know what a parable is, a parable is, is actually an, an ancient Hebrew way of communicating truth. And now we all love good stories. And Jesus was the master, as I said, communicating not just moral lessons, but the deep meaning of his kingdom. And he did it from different perspectives. And so Jesus was just, as we're going to look here in a moment at one of them, had a diverse audience. He had very religious elite people. And then you had people that just, you know, no one really cared about. And they were both in earshot of him. And it's just filled with a lot of grace and, and a little bit of challenge of grit that we're going to look at of his kingdom. Now, if you don't know what the kingdom of God is, what is the kingdom? You hear about that a lot. We sing about it at times. Is this, the kingdom of God is the rule and reign of Jesus. It's, it's, it's submitting yourself under the rule and reign. And Jesus says, my, my kingdom is near. My kingdom can be in you. It's, it's just giving yourself over, saying, Lord, you're Lord. Jesus, you're the Lord of all. And, and I submit to that. And the way we... We understand that as bit is is that Jesus gives these stories to understand aspects of his kingdom. He 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 gives us specific ways that are in very earthy ways and very practical ways to do that. And there's so many that we're going to look at. There's many of them. We won't cover the whole summer uh, to get all of them in. But there's some that are very very important that we're going to look at. And and there'll be wonderful messages that be presented to that. Today though, of of all days, this is the day if you're going to pick a parable. It's going to be this parable. It's a famous parable. It's one that grips us all in and, 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 and many different ways when it comes to uh, fathers. And so today we're going to look at the just not only of, of a father, but of the, of the love of, the God, of God our, our father. You know, I think of a father's love, and if you're a father, you might be able to relate with this, is I, us, us men and don't really grasp understanding of being a parent until the birth you know ladies if you've mothered children and gave labor you know this strange creatures growing inside of you at some point you're going you're carrying this child along and there's a bond and there's a connection that's there that we're so glad you're women and you're doing that okay by the way like we're, there's I don't know anybody I mean man has ever exchanged like oh I wish I could birth a child okay uh, I'm just saying there there's some out there and you know whatever but I, I'm just saying I, I I don't I wouldn't have that desire so I didn't I wasn't ready I wasn't ready for the feeling that came over nobody sat me down nobody said hey you're gonna feel this way when the baby's born when our son was born and he he came out and he he wasn't happy coming out he what he he rather been inside because just the screaming and screeching that was going on and he's just why you doing this to me but he comes out and and they lay him out there and they're wiping him down they put him on the scale and he's just flailing everything and and all of a sudden no one warned me but this this overwhelming feeling came over me it just it just flooded me and i'm like 
what is that? What is this? It was, it was love. It was this overwhelming love that I felt for this little creature that was born that continue to grow, is continue to love today, that, that, that the little creature's 6'4", you know, now. So it's like, he's, he, you know, this growing up. And I thought, you know, it hit me about that. I was thinking about the love of God. It, it, the, what I experienced was just a fraction of the Father's love. That when we were born, and we were helpless, and we, there was nothing we could contribute, and even had the, the capacity to, to love him back, he loved us with this infinite love for us. You know, I, I don't know what Father's Day means to you. There's a mix of feelings. I, we have a friend that just lost her. Her dad passed away. He was in his 90s, but you still saw a huge loss yesterday, last night. And then she's waking up today to, you know, Father's Day well, of all days. And so I know there's mixed emotions about it, but I hope and I pray that every single person in this room today, and if you're watching online, that you experience what it says in Ephesians. This, this is, this is my hope for all of us. May you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, and how high, and how deep his love know that love. May you experience that love. And again, I, I, I know that we've had in our earthly examples, horrible, terrible, abusive, absent, or just unoppressive expressions of, of fatherhood around us. Some of us had great father figures, but they, they're, not, they're not perfect. We're not perfect as fathers. And that hope today, though, that we can not only know in our minds, but know in our hearts and experience the love of the Father. And I, I can't think of a better parable to start with is that we're, we're going here today. And as we, we look at this today, I hope it's spirit-inspired. I hope we pray over this and prepare this this morning for you. But I hope you also know it's, it's Tim Keller-inspired as well. Uh, Tim, uh, author and pastor, just passed away just a few weeks ago from pancreatic cancer. And he was just a great theologian, great pastor. And, uh, but I picked up a book that Tim wrote uh, many, many years ago called The Prodigal God. I recommend this book, The Prodigal God. It's so powerful. And I'm, it's so when we, these thoughts that I'll be sharing with you today are kind of peppered through it, by the way. But one thing that he said that really sets us up, I hope, for this morning is this. Understanding this, that what we receive from the Lord is this. The prerequisite for receiving the grace of God is to know that you need it. So today, the, the, this morning, I want you to, the, the prerequisite, how do we experience this, this grace of God? Is when you're ready and, and, and willing to receive it, that you, know, that you know that you need it. That's the point of grace. And it's, as we look at this story today that, you know, they, it's been traditionally called the prodigal son. And a lot of times we think prodigal is wayward or lost. But that's not what the word prodigal means. The prodigal actually means this, reckless, extravagant, has spent everything. We, we sang today about the reckless love of God, the relentless love of God in our lives. So it really should be entitled the prodigal father. The extravagant love of this father we're going to look at, but the, the God's love for us. 
Now, as I mentioned, when Jesus shared and taught, and even in these parables that we're going to look in Luke 15 especially, is that Jesus was speaking to basically two audiences. One was the, the religious elite he's speaking to, and we'll see it here, how it's expressed. And the other one was the sinners. That was everybody else. And these two drastic people epitomize in the characterization of these two sons that are in the story. And so here's Luke chapter 15, verse 11. It starts off with this. It says, there's a man who had two sons. There's a man that had two sons. There's a father, right? Because he had two sons. He's a father. And it knows this is, I know this is really picky, but it knows this says there's a man who had two sons. It doesn't say there was two sons. Jesus is focusing, I believe, on the father, this father who had two sons. And I want to give you this thought today. It's, it's I hope, and again, not only to, to receive it here, but to receive it here is this, that the extravagant love of the father always says there's a place for you, this place of grace an opportunity that we're going to look at today. So this, this story is broken up in, into two acts. Two acts. One is, the, is what we call, it's for the sinner section. I don't know what section you're sitting in today, uh, but the, the Jesus, we won't point that out. And there isn't a section, by the way, you're like, am I in the wrong? Am I, you know, if that's me. Jesus was addressing the, quote, sinners. But also, there was, there was also the religious elite. Now, the sinner section we get to first, and, and this is what's happening, it, you, this build-up, Jesus is the master of this, and he starts talking, we'll talk about this one son, and, and when, when they're talking about this, when he's talking about this one son, he's, he's going, I'm sure the, the, the religious people are going, yeah, Jesus, that's right, tell these dirty, low-life sinners what they need to hear, this is what it is, Jesus, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, if that's you, as you hear that today, and you might be like in that, like, oh, I know people, oh, I know people like that. Guess what? Your turn's coming. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's coming. It's coming. Here, you, just to warn you, that will be, there's two parts to this thing, as many of you know this story. Well, and I pray that if you're here today, though, on the, on the first son, if you're feeling like opposite of that, you're feeling inferior, and you're feeling far from God, I hope today this really ministers to you and speaks to you as well. But Jesus continues on in this story. He says, the younger son said to his father, Father, give me my share of the estate. Now, this is an unusual request. You know, the, the, even today it would be unusual. Like, I want my inheritance. Dad, well, that's kind of a problem, son, because I'm not dead. You know, the benefactor has to be gone before and, and the, the, the audacity of this punk kid to ask for such a thing. And in the culture context, we, we need to understand it wasn't just that, that it was just the, the asking for, for material wealth. It wasn't asking for a share physically. It was something even much deeper. It was, it was spiritual. See, at the, it, it really, at the end of the, the story, the, the guy is basically saying to him you know I, I i want you dead dad i want i i want what's mine and what i what i need give it to me now and as as outrageous as this because jesus would speak in hyperbole he would speak in exaggeration to make the point because people are like how that, that doesn't how would that work you know but but as outrageous as the request of the son is the response of his father the prodigal father the extravagant outrageous response of this father 
as deep respect it would have been. I mean, you know, in all circumstances, and you think your own, like, you know, the, the, the father easily could have said, and justifiable would have said, like, no way, you know, I'm, you're out, man. We kick you out on your, your keister. Doesn't that sound like a dad's phrase? On your keister. I don't know what, is that the backside of your keister? You're, you're out. You're getting out of here. You've got to get out of here. You're gone. And that's not at all. Listen, Jesus surprised the Herod's here in verse 11. In verse 11 he says, so, the, the father says, he divided his property between them. This, again, this, the personal estate wasn't just a physical thing, but it was also his life and his legacy. What he was telling him is, you want me to tear my life apart. That's what you're asking me to do. And basically, yeah, give me my share. Give me what is mine. Wow, that's pretty, pretty dramatic. But he did that. He divided. Let me, let me ask this. Have you ever felt such betrayal from someone whom you love? I know that big, deep, deep question, painful question. But that's really what's going on here. The, the, the attack and saying what the, what the son said to the father was, was, was horrible. Some of you have that, you know, a spouse or a child or a parent or a family member, a friend or someone that's hurt you deeply. Because really what he's saying to his father, I want it, I don't want you. I, I, you know, and I think in our own sinfulness and selfishness at times, we don't try to do this. I don't think we intentionally do this, but we say, Lord, I, we, we, seek, we seek your hand, but we don't want to seek your face. I want what you give me, Lord, but I really don't want you. We're like, that's harsh, right? But we can look through our life. We can look through our prayer life. We can look at how we went about our week. We can look at the things we did and what we said and didn't. We can go through, what do we really want out of life? Do we just want what we can receive? Or is there something that really is much deeper, much available for us? So, so what does this look like? Well, let's just talk again. Not, we see these sons and we can relate and all that, but let's talk about the Father. Let's talk about the extravagant love of the Father. What does that look like? What does that look like? Well, it's this. You, you, some of these you know already. It, it, the type of love it is, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a tough love. His tough love allows us to choose our way. Our, his tough love allows us to choose that way. If, if, if you're a parent of an adult child, you know how difficult this can be. Of You know and learning and love that love just means to at times let go. You love them enough to let them go. I saw this week, my wife and I were doing our devotional time, and, and this phrase was this, that pain is such a, a big price for love. Isn't that true? Pain is such a big price for love. When you love dearly and when you love deeply, boy, it can be painful when it's not very reciprocated. But here's the thing about the DNA of love. It's always a choice. Love is always built in with, with choice. And as we read this story, you never, you never hear the father begging his son to stay, the younger son. Doesn't, you don't hear it. He doesn't, he doesn't so no, no, I need to, you got to stay, stay, you got to keep. He goes, he goes, go if that's if the, the tough love is you need to go you need to go you need to do it do what you need to do well this is what happens the son goes not not long after that the son got together all he had and set off for, for a distant country and there he squandered his wealth in wild living that squandering is the same word extravagance spent it 
spent it all. Okay, 2023 version was Vegas or bust. Well, it was, it was bust. Look at verse 14. It says, after he spent everything, there was a severe famine in the whole country and began to be in need. And so he went and hired himself out to a citizen of the country who sent him into the fields to feed pigs. He longed to fill his stomach with the paws that pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. When he, Jesus, you've got to know the context there. When Jesus is saying pigs, there was a flinch of the Jewish people there. They all did. They all, pigs? Like, it's a dirty word. And you're like, what's wrong with pigs? I love bacon. I, why would bacon be, why would you, do, not for the Jewish people. Jesus is making such a point that this guy is so desperate, not only because pigs, not only you don't eat pigs, but you didn't touch pigs, and you didn't socialize with people that own pigs because they would then butcher the pig to sell the pig to get the bacon. I don't want to be people to eat bacon. No pigs, okay? And Jesus says he not only was with pigs, but he stayed with pigs and wanted to eat what pigs ate. I mean, Jesus just digs it right down of this is, they're like, that's bad. Like, that's the worst you could do in that context. Well, we kind of do that. We talk about walling in the pigsty, right? We, we talk about in the mud and everything. We kind of know, I mean, I love bacon, but boy, you better wash it before I eat it, okay? Because pigs roll in the mud. Pigs, it, it's a, it's a, it's a, they're, they're an interesting animal. So Jesus is describing this thing in this cultural context. He's saying, this guy is so lost, so lost. It's there. The desperate despair that this guy found himself in, that he's doing something on a level that he never, ever thought he would do. He hit his rock bottom. Let me ask you, ask you when have you hit your rock bottom? Here's where I hope the grace of God works for you is this. I hope that you already got to rock bottom in your life. And what I mean by that is I know circumstances and, you know, God teaches lessons and plans and all that. But for your own life, your own decisions that you have made, did, did you, did, you know, did you get to the bottom? I hope you did. I hope I did to, to the level of the choices that I made. But even in the pigsty, there is this longing in this man's heart. And it says this. This is such a beautiful expression here. It says, when he came to his senses, how many of my father's hand, hired men have food to share? And here I am starving to death. When he came to his senses, this is, this is the wake-up call. This is the moment. This is grace at its purest form. What did Keller say? He said the prerequisite to experiencing the grace of God is when you know that you need it. And there he needed it desperately. I don't know what the Lord's going to use to speak to you. Some people say the Lord speaks through a, a still, small voice. Sometimes, sometimes the Lord speaks through a two-by-four. Sometimes the Lord speaks through a pigsty. You're at the end of the end of your end, right? We don't know. But the, the, there, we know and we cringe and we think of the moments where like, oh, I'm such an idiot. I can't believe I... And we get to that place and that's a good thing. And not to bash yourself or anything. You're recognizing, you're like, no, there's some things. And there's a drawing too. There's, there's a place. See, there's one thing to admit that you need forgiveness. It's another thing to even... To, and this is where the grit comes in is to ask for it. And the son was out of desperation and he turned. He 
He turned toward home. It says this, he, he, I will set out, he says. I, it's like this determination, this grit that came within him. Like, here's God's grace. He's recognizing, and there's just a little bit of grit. There's a little bit thing there of determination to go, I'm going to head back. So I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven, against you. I'm no longer worthy to, to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired hands. So he got up and went to his father. You could just hear him, you know, a long distance, right? A distance land, remember? So he's far from home. So he's probably rehearsing this thing. Father, I've sinned against you and by heaven and earth. I'm no longer worthy to be your son. You know, he just kind of, he kind of just, it's almost like an Ed Sharon song or something. He's just over and over rapping this thing. Like, I, I'm, you know, I've done this thing. I've, 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 I've sinned this way. I've, I'm no longer worthy. I do son. I mean, if I could be your, you know, he's just, he's going through this. He's trying to get it down. What's going on? His whole identity is shot. He has, he has, he's, not, he's, he's not even considering the fact that of any, any kind of position in the family any longer. I'm no longer worthy. I'm no longer doing that. He forgot how, what, what, what happened? He, he realized how good he had it at home. The possessions and the position and everything was a distant memory. And what was distancing him is really the unconditional love of this father. In his mind, it was too little, too late. And I think for us, we can do that in the hardness of the world. We, we, it's too little, too late. It's, I'm too old. I, I've passed. I've hurt too many people. It's, 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 it's long gone. And that's so far from the truth of God's love, right? Because God's love, how high and how deep and how long and how extent this love for each of us, this unconditional love. I, I really believe if we could grasp that truth, if we could grasp that truth even this morning and relive it and, and appreciate the love of the Father, it would change us. It would change us in the level and the depth of the level that we so need to be reminded of. Because here's the thing, even in our failing, we are still loved. And that grace is still available. When we fail, yeah, we need a little grit and courage, but when we do that, we, when we fail, let's, let's fail in the right direction. Let's, let's fall and fall toward his love. See, the extravagant love of the Father, it's tough. It's tough. we got to learn lessons. But here, so beautifully, it's tender. His tender love is always ready to embrace us. Listen to what happens when the young son starts heading home. It says, But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him, was filled with compassion for him. Uh, that word compassion, you can study that and look in the Greek and everything. It literally means his internal Self, like his, he's got stomach aches. He's like, it's like in his, in his being, he's just right there feeling this, this compassion for his son. He runs to his son, throws his arms around him, and kisses him. Can you picture this? Can you just, just picture this moment? I don't know. I, I think the father, his, his house on a ranch, it had a, had a front porch. He's looking out, and maybe he's, he's in his chair. He's looking and. He's this man, my son, I, I, boy, I sure miss him. You know, and there's just days, maybe, maybe months, maybe years. We don't know the distance in this story that he's looking out. He's, he's looking down the road. And some days he's like, wait, is, is that? No, that's not him. Oh, my son, my son, my son. Is that, wait, is that my son? No, it's not my son. Oh, I miss my son. Oh, I want him back. I wish... Is, is that, is that re, oh my gosh, 
is it really? Wait a second. Is that my son? It's my son! Ah! Oh, my son, my son, you're home. Marty, I'm glad you didn't have, I didn't have lipstick on. Be on your forehead. <laughs> Do you feel that? Do you feel that love, son and daughter? Because this is what happens. You know, again, he's got this, he's got this thing. He's just, he, he's got, he's, you know, rehearsing the story. And, and he, he, he's, he, he, he's trying to figure this out and what it is. And, and yet we need to understand the love of the father. Because the father himself in this story, to do such a thing was undignified. To, to get up and run, men didn't run back then. It wasn't like a lot of joggers back then, Okay. What did they have? They didn't wear pants. He had to hike his robe. Isn't that crazy in the culture? He hiked his robe and, and ran to his son. Grown men didn't do that. You know, gr little kids did that. They would run. But he, he, he's undignified. He didn't care. He didn't care about reputation. He didn't care about anything. All he, what mattered to him is that his son has come. And off that distance, it says this in verse 20. Now the son said to him, here it is. Like, remember, he's got the speech. I, I have sinned against heaven, against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. And he, he couldn't even get the apology out. He doesn't, he doesn't even really hear it. He just says that the father says to the servant, wait, quick, bring the, the best robe and put it on him. Put a, put a ring on his finger and sandals on his finger. Bring the fatted calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. This son of mine was dead, is alive again. He was lost and he is found. And it says they began to celebrate. That robe, it's ceremony, means that it's the guest of honor. You get, here's a beautiful robe you're going to put on. You're the guest of honor. The ring signifies authority. He's saying, no, you're, you're, you have a rightful place in the family again. Sandals, what did, didn't they not wear shoes back then? Not everybody. F slaves didn't. Only, only free men wore shoes and wore sandals. This is God's response. This is God's response. The Father's response to every single one of us, welcoming with open arms. Not, not to be slaves any longer, not to be servants any longer, to be restored as sons and daughters. Can we hear this with our heart today? Can we hear this scripture? What does it say? Look, look at this. What does it say? See what great, do we have that? See what great love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called children of God. And that is what we are. In the midst of it, Wherever you are, wherever you're doing, in the place of helplessness, and you contribute nothing to the world at the, in the moment, he doesn't care. It doesn't matter what you've done or who you've done it with. It doesn't matter. What matters is that you know that love for every son and every daughter on this earth. Even when you have never experienced that in your life, it's available for you. You are loved and worthy of that love. It's a lavishing love that he spared no expense. And his tough love, his tender love. But can I remind us this Father's Day, it's his tenacious 
love that never gives up on us. God shows grit, says the father in this story, to the younger son. It's so amazing. Because I warned you, there's part two. There's act two. Here it is. Here it is. Meanwhile, the older son was in the field, and when he, he came to the house, he heard music and dancing. So he called one of the servants and asked him what was going on. Your brother has come, he replied, and your father has killed the fatted calf because he has him back safe and sound. The older brother became angry and refused to go in. What's happening here? Well, the younger son, he outwardly rebelled, but what we find is some inward rebellion of the older. Younger son, I mean, he went to Vegas, but the, the older son, you know what he did? He went to church. The, the younger son, he, I mean, he was careless, careless, blowing it all. But the older son was critical. Here's what I've learned this week. This is, this is something as you relive this story, you know it's so familiar. Some of you are like, oh, I've heard this, this. You know this. Is this. This is what I've learned is that lost is not a location. It's a relationship. See, the love, love is, love, love is, is not, not a location. It's a relationship. I have two children, and I hope they call today. You know, I think they will. But I do know this, is they love me. They've expressed it. I, Father's Day, they, 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 hope, they hopefully get the, I mean, they hopefully just check social media. It's Father's Day. Um, but, they, but, you know, I know they love me already. I know that because they're, they're relocated. They're 85 miles away and 1,200 miles away. It's not about location. It's about relationship. And that's the same that we have. And that's what the challenge was with this. And this is interesting. It says the son refused to go into the party, this older son. And Jesus tells him, he says, so the father went out and pleaded with him, which is really fascinating, isn't it? Because what was happening is the younger son left. What did the father do? He stayed. He didn't go and find him. He loved him, but he let him go. But here, the son's out of, the, of this party that's going on for the younger son, and, and the father goes out to him and bring, wants to bring him back. What a powerful thing was happening. It, this, this extravagant love that was expressed. But this son under this roof all these years had this distant relationship. And I don't think it's unlike a lot of people. It's like, you know, you, we, when you look at this religion and look what people do and the do's and the don'ts and, and, and all this stuff, there's this older brother, the loyal brother mentality. And the longer you followed Christ, sometimes this happens where this is a horrible thing, but we sometimes get a little bit, we get a little bit entitled. And I've seen this. It's, the whole, it's, just, it's achy in church when people get a little entitled. But it's like, well, we give money in this and we do this and I serve. And that's why I love Don. I mean, Don is just like the dude that just loves people and cares people. He just, and, it, you know, his, his wife saw it change in him. Like, that's a big deal to see the wife's change. What happened? And what is he saying? I just love serving here. I love being a part of it. In fact, Don would love to talk with you afterwards and there's sign-ups here. You can mark on your connection card to help with security team or help with other ways in the church. It's a great thing to serve, but sometimes when the serving turns to how I need to be served and what I get out of it, 
That's the problem. And that seems to be what was going on. I mean, he, he, he was under the roof of the father, but had not a relationship with the father. There was this distance that grew over the years because, because, because loss is not, not, a, it's not a distance thing. It's a relationship thing. Well, this all erupts on the front lawn. This all comes out in this, this, this moment. There's this interaction that you just sense the deep, deep resentment of this son. Not just toward his younger brother, but the father himself. Look at this. The older son said to him, Look, all these years I've been slaving for you and never dis disobeyed your orders, yet you never gave me a young goat so I could celebrate with my friends. But this son of yours who had squandered your property with prostitutes come home, comes home, you killed the fatted calf for him. Jesus, just the, the, just the, the seething of resentment there. He, 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 he attacks both the son, the, the older, the younger brother and the, the father at the same time. This son of yours, he doesn't claim him anymore. He doesn't claim any connection with this, this blame that's there. I mean, this, he's so upset how could you celebrate because i think we need to recognize this is that the son and we don't know months and maybe years that he's home with his father and this father is mourning the loss of his son it's see it's not only that the the, the older son when when the when the family's broken apart financially Oh my gosh, some of you grew up in a, in a broken home. What it did and divorce and two households and everything going on. You, you can relate with that. It just, it just crumbled them financially probably. So what did the, the older son have to do? He had to do his part plus his kid brother's part. In fact, being the older son, he's supposed to get three-fourths of the, that's the way it worked back then, get three-fourths of the inheritance. He got half and then, and then, then he had to help. And, and then he, what was he dealing with? But he's dealing with his own father that's in mourning. And he's going, what about me? Why am I left out over here? I did all the right things. I followed all the rules. I, I was good. I took care of you. But he was totally missing the whole point of this. He's basically saying it's not fair. Have you ever said those words? It's not fair. No, nah, none of us have, right? Let me ask you, are you glad that God's not fair? We wouldn't be here. <laughs> We wouldn't experience his grace and, and our mercy, his mercy in his life. And I just think that what happened here, you, you begin to look that, that at times, and, and, and we can find ourselves, and this is the danger part of this whole story. When you recognize you don't need the grace of God anymore. When you recognize that you've kind of got to a place that you're good, and what, when we do that, when we feel like we get to a place, that's the danger part. Yes, it's dangerous to go squander and live a sinful life, outwardly sinful life, sinful life, but with the inside, if we're not careful, we can find that deep resentment, not toward just others, but toward God himself. And when we do that, what happens is grace is cut off from us. The grace of God, uh, um, what's the scripture? Um, we were in Hebrews. Hebrews says that uh, get rid of all bitterness because you, you, you can miss the grace of God. You can miss it. Because what happens at that point, you exchange one Savior for the other. Jesus isn't your Savior any longer. You are. Listen to what happens the Father tells the older son when he's on the outs. He says this, but we, son, no, no, we had to celebrate. We had to. We had to be glad because this, 
this brother of yours was dead, is alive again. He was lost, and he is found. We had to. We had to celebrate. There's a, there's a party in heaven. This, this has to take place. And, 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 and the older son's response, he just can't, he can't grab it. He can't understand it. He just can't, he can't fathom it for himself. And, and what was going on, he couldn't go into the house. He couldn't enter into the house. Why? I tell you, this is pride. Pride, pride will keep you from the party. Pride will keep you from the party. We can do everything on the external sense of things, but when we do that, we, we, we realize that, that it's not that there's a heart issue that's there. We're rebelling and anger and pride and resentment built, brew on the inside. This son of yours, those people over there, they need to get their life figured out. And we find ourselves in that place if we're not careful. And we, we miss this ridiculous, extravagant love of this father that doesn't even always make sense. But it's there and it's available for each and every one. What we find here is, is this, is that the story, you, know what, you want to know how the story ends. Does anybody want to know how the story ends? We don't know. Jesus leaves it open-ended because he's speaking to that crowd to say, the religious people, like, there's a place at the party for you. There's a place at party, and, and I spared no expense. My tenacious love is this, that through what I gave you, my, I, the, the, these sons and everything, this son, what, he, what we're saying, there's the son. There is the son of God that came. God demonstrated his own love for us, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. That's the expense that we have. That's the price to be in the party. I'm going to invite our team to come as we pray. So the question I have is this, is what, what's keeping you from pain, from, from your, your place in the party? What's keeping you there from going in? So I, I think that hit me this morning in prayer or in our time even, we, it just hit me this is that, and actually Jake talked about it, the prize, the prize. I think for all of us, we find, we can find ourselves, we can relate. You know, you're the younger brother and you're, you're just looking for a way home. And if that's you here today, we want to make sure that you understand it doesn't matter what you do. There's nothing you can earn or nothing of God's grace. It's, it's there for, the, for you to t- turn toward home. That the Father's ready to, to meet you in the driveway. He's looking for you right now to come home. If you're, if you're lost in that sense and like, I just feel distant from God and I, I kind of doing the outside stuff but I, I am actually living, living in such a way it's so embarrassing the things I'm doing the way I, and I just am at the end of myself that, this message is for you today but here's the hardest part is there's people can you believe here can you believe this there's people sitting here here maybe watching online this, this message isn't for me yeah <laughs> we're all here we're all here. We need to look. If you don't know, there's, a, there's an element of the older brother in all of us. The long, there's, a, there's a place. And I want to encourage you that just look at that a little bit. Look at that a little bit. Lord, is there something there? Is there a little bit of entitlement? Is there a little bit of bitterness? Is there a little bit of thing that, God, I've done this and th- said this and I helped these people and I did all these things and I don't really feel like there's a return. We don't want to miss the party. Because the party that, that God has for the the younger son and the older son, the, the younger daughter and the older daughter, for all, it's, the, the party is not the party. 
party is who it's about. It's the Father. Lost isn't a location. It's a, it's a relationship. The Father is the life of the party. It's not the games, it's not the food, it's not the activities, it's, it's himself. And he wants to be with you today. Will you pray with me? Lord, we sing of your love, we declare your love, but the, the height, the breadth, the depth, we, we can't comprehend it, but we get this beautiful, beautiful story that you bring it down to earth for us to understand your kingdom, that your kingdom is available and open-ended for whoever that will come to you. I pray that your grace would be recognized this morning, that your grace would bring grace, that the grace of God is when people recognize they need it. And Lord, I pray for those here today, and maybe, maybe you're here this morning, you're like, I am the younger son. I've walked away. I've, I've really never had a relationship with my Heavenly Father. I had a broken, busted up, horrible relationship with any earthly father. It's hard for me to understand that love. And may you find that love inviting you in. He wants to run to you when he sees you. But also that same father is the one that's going to run to you when, even when you don't think you need it. And he's pleading you to come in. Say, Lord, I want your love. I want extravagant love of the Father is saying always a place for you. Lord, we pray that this morning over all of us, younger, older. God, we would just enjoy that love, enjoy that presence of you, this an invitation because of your son. Your son was the one. The, the, the older brother didn't do it. But Jesus, you as the son we're the older brother, and you ran to us, and you found us in the pigsty, and you brought us and compelled us to come back to the Father. And Lord, you're doing that for people right now. Thank you for the work you've done, Jesus. And through that invitation, Son, we can experience the depth, breadth, and height, and extent of your great love. We love you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. I invite you to stand. If we uh, could sing this song, and thanks for the team here today, and just... Could you just sing a love song to the Father today? Could you just let it, as you raise your hands and let it go, just experience that love here today. And if you need any prayer, we've got our prayer team before you leave. And dads, make sure you get your, your cookies on the way out. Have a wonderful Father's Day. Let's sing together.